Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Glenn, what was the top story for you? Joe Biden and our our no longer slow slide right into uh, socialism and everything we warned about. Yay. Still. What uh, we can learn from Chernobyl. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Andrew. The co-founder of Facebook wants to use the government to split up Facebook. And I have some thoughts. Oh, I can't what, wait. What could possibly go wrong with that? I don't know what you're alluding to. I can't wait to hear about that. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn? We, uh, I started this, I don't know, five years ago. The results have been incredible. We get these great letters uh, back from people saying, I, I just bought my house and now I'm not seeing my real estate agent anymore. And I feel like I've lost a friend. Um, these are people who are the best at what they do. Uh, we have tons of letters from people who said, I had my house on sale for a year or for 18 months, nothing. I went to the realestateagentsitrust.com website. I got a new agent. I sold it within two weeks. Mm. Um, they're, the, they're just the best, um, and they're fans of the show, and they're like you, and so they're going to help you find the right neighborhood or sell your house. The best in the business are going to be found at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's free. You just go there. They'll Within an hour, they'll have the real estate agent uh, for you. So since they're fans of the show, have you considered just making the tagline, they're not weirdos? <laughs> no. I, like that. I feel like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Then I wouldn't feel comfortable going to it. <laughs> yeah. You have to think about the Venn diagram. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute. Did, were, did we, were we afraid they were weirdos? <laughs> All right, Glenn. So I want to play something that Joe Biden said uh, yesterday. Watch. Look, I think that anyone who is in a situation where they're in need of health care, regardless of whether they're documented or undocumented, we have an obligation to see that they're cared for. That's why I think we need more clinics around the country. And this idea that undocumented, and by the way, a significant portion of undocumented, undocumented folks in this country are there because they've overstayed their visas. It's not people breaking down gates coming across the border. And so, look, the, the biggest thing we got to do in this is, is just tone down the rhetoric. We know why it's happening. It's to create fear and concern. Why are your job in tough shape? Because of that. that okay, so that is, uh, you know, fascinating to listen to. Uh, and he's seeming very normal and calm and the opposite of everybody else who's screaming about it, which I think is appealing to a lot of people. Um, however, what he's saying is a fiscal nightmare. You can have a socialist state with tough borders or you can have a non-socialist state with open borders, but you cannot have both. You cannot be... Um, uh, Guatemala and Honduras has lost 1% of their population to us. 1% of their population has already crossed our borders illegally. 1% since September. Now, how is it we are going to be able to survive just economically by taking people in at that rate and saying, oh, by the way, our hospitals, our schools, everything is for free. You want to be compassionate, but that's why we have a system in place. It, there's got to be some priority. Are you in trouble? Are you a real refugee? Come on in. Mm -hmm. But you cannot have open borders and a socialist economy. This, by the way, reminds me of something that we all said, everybody on the right, 
said this is exactly what Obama was planning on doing. This was the next step was to be able to make sure that all illegals had it to overwhelm the system and collapse it so you'd go into a single-payer system. Remember what happened? Watch. There are also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants. This, too, is false. The reforms, the reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegal. Look at First of all, look at Nancy Pelosi, open mouth. I don't think she can open her mouth anymore for the plastic <laughs> surgery, but open mouth. And her teeth might fall out. Yeah, and she is shocked by that. That's civil compared to now, okay? And I know I was in the State of the Union. I saw what you didn't see on television. That's civil. But they were shocked by that. Well, the next day, everybody wanted to make sure that everybody knew, oh, no, 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 that's, that's not true. PolitiFact. Obama said the reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegally, which Wilson said was a lie. Actually, Obama can make a pretty thorough case that reform doesn't apply to those here illegally. We don't find the public option argument enough to make the case that Obama lied. Okay, so PolitiFact is just kicking dirt over the trail going, no, no, I, you know, I we can't look into his heart. I mean, okay. Um, this representative Hank Johnson, a Georgia Democrat who African-American earlier today said Wilson would not have made the outburst had Obama been white. It was racist sentiment. Next, next one. Um, representative Wilson's behavior tonight exemplifies everything that's wrong in Washington, said Miller in a statement. Instead of engaging in childless name calling and disrespecting, disrespecting our commander in chief. Because they never would respect. Yeah, Joe Wilson should be. Yeah should be working towards a bipartisan solution that makes uh, quality, affordable health care available to each and every South Carolinian. Now, Carolinian. Carolinian. Here's the, so here's the, here's the big takeaway. When you're dealing with progressives, they say, no, 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 we're only going this far. But every single time, they go the next step. This was called a lie because the case that we were making at the time was, you want universal health care. You want a single-payer system. This is meant to collapse. And the very next thing, because you do not have a hard roadblock here, the very next thing that will happen is you will include illegal immigrants. Well, that was racist. That was wrong to say. Now we see Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton ran on this last time. Um, and all of the things that we said were true because they are now pushing towards a single-payer system. But I'd like to remind you where Joe Biden was when he was running. Watch. What you do is you work on this idea of earned citizens. You make them all return to the border to get a tamper-proof car. You force them, everyone, to have a criminal background check. You require that they have to have prove they have a job. You have to require you prove that they have are paying Social Security and paying their taxes. And then if they do that and are prepared to pay a fine over the next six years, they can earn their way to citizenship. They learn to speak English and learn to deal like everyone else did in order to gain citizenship. Holy cow. But Listen if they to don't, that. then you send them back. Listen to that. Now, where is that, Joe Biden? That Joe Biden has been eaten by the socialist Joe Biden that would like to collapse the system. 
That may not be his intent, but it is the intent of those radicals who have been pushing for socialism. Collapse the economic system to be able to collapse the free market. And if a progressive says that they want to shut down capitalism and the end of the free market, what the hell do they actually want to do if they're telling you that that's what they will do? Mm. Stu, you want to weigh in? I mean, I just, you know, it is a very predictable thing, right? I mean, they you know, every time you have someone take a step and make a proposal down these lines, they always seem to expand. And it's why, I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, it's like when it comes to guns, why no one who is pro-Second Amendment ever wants to hear word one about a gun restriction. Uh, you know, there's certainly constitutional questions on such things, but also no one believes them when they say, oh, we want to do some uh, some common sense gun reform because every time they get whatever common sense gun reform they're going for they ask for 25 new things because it a because it doesn't work and so they say we didn't go far enough but it won't work that's the problem and it just pains me here here we are this is not 12 presidents ago they were saying they were going to solve the health care problem they the last guy they had they said they were going to do this with obamacare and was going to take care of all this stuff and here they are just a couple of years later saying no now that's trash and we need we need medicare for all and what is it 18 of the 22 candidates are supporting uh, medicare for all in some form i mean it is just so transparent and it's like if you really what you want to find out uh, who these people are when it comes to policy, you just have to look at that. I mean, that is, you, we've gone from, it was complete dismissal. You guys, no, wait a minute. No, you're going to be able to keep your doctors. What are you talking about? Of course. Now, if you like your insurance, you get to keep it. That, don't worry about that. We're not going to give this to illegal immigrants. We're not going to do this, this, and this, and this. And Here's you're going to get $2,500 back. You get $2,500 back. This is a great package for you. A few years later, all of their candidates are now saying that's trash. All their candidates are now saying that, well, that's obviously not enough. That wasn't even close to enough. We have to do a lot more. We need more control to be able to help you. And it's just like, it is, it's tiring, but if we fall for that, we deserve every little piece of negative that comes with it. I mean, the idea that we are gonna fall for a Medicare for all system, which is of course a disaster around the world anyway, but just the idea that they just came to us and told us, number one, that's not what they want. No, 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 we wanna make this free market. We understand, we're not saying that at all. It's a lie of the year if you accuse them uh, of, of wanting single payer. And then the next time they're all coming out and saying, we all must have single payer. Now it's blatantly clear. If you fall for that, I mean, you're, I just you're a moron. You're a moron. I would also like to to point out not just on the the healthcare bit, but I'm pretty sure every single thing that Joe Biden just said in that video from 2007, Trump would be just raked across the coals oh for gosh. saying about illegal immigration. And then, period. They, right. They, them, they've got to. Do they have this. to learn to speak English. Oh my God. You can't say that today. You can't say anything that he just said about illegal immigrants today. Can I ask a couple of cl- a clarifying questions? Because I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the context of the, the uh, Biden quote that we're talking about. Is he talking specifically about health care and health care insurance? I ask because as a, a fairly fiscally prudent person myself, I would be fine with emergency rooms treating uh, people that are and illegal immigrants, they, particularly if it's like an infectious disease or something like that. So I, I'm, Yes, that, and that is part of the law already. I mean, And it was sure. before Obamacare yeah, as we, well. You, you, we you always had emergency rooms. You can't rooms. turn people away from yeah. emergency sure. rooms. Well, no, that's what I mean, though. Was he specifically talking about yeah. insurance? That's why he was talking about clinics. You've got to have clinics so people can go get their checkups. You have emergency rooms. Hmm. Okay. He's talking about health care. Okay. Um, the only other thing that I'd add is I, I do see a, a policy distinction between universal health care and single-payer health care. Universal health care, as I understand it, is the, the idea that there's some sort of fallback system for everybody as opposed to single-payer where there's one government paying for everything. So 
England would be single payer, but Germany, which has lots of different, like 40 different insurance companies that are all over Germany, they still have universal health care. Right. Well, they're talking about universal health care, Medicare for all, which is the government doing it. And, and the Democratic Socialists have said that's not our end game. Our end game is one payer, government, NHS, Healthcare. And you do bring up a, a good point in that I think that the, all of these terms get thrown around and conflated um, together, especially when it comes to healthcare and health insurance. Right? People are saying healthcare, but sure. they actually mean health or, insurance. Or People they, are saying single payer, but they actually mean something else. And I do think it is important. Or, or they're just super vague, like Medicare for all. Right. I don't. I've not actually. I know it's expensive, <laughs> but beyond that, I haven't really actually seen any policy uh, prescriptions of what it would entail, other than expanding the existing system at like forty trillion a year. When did like Medicare that? and Medi- Medicaid become good. I mean, I remember my grandparents having it and hating it. My, my father had it and hated it. Yeah, my well, grandparents do too. I mean, that's the thing. I think this is, I honestly think this is to, conservatives are to blame for this because conservatives look at places, they actually look at uh, welfare programs as uh, worse than universal programs that come from the government. And I think it's, it should be the exact reverse. Mm-hmm. Like, we all can come together and say, okay, at some level, like there's some some there's a there's an orphanage and and all and it burned down and these kids have no place to go and like there's a place for government in those uh, places uh, especially unless you're like a hardcore libertarian where you're like absolutely not but generally speaking like people in these real need situations can say okay maybe there's a role here and that's why like for example for me Medicaid is a much better program than Medicare Medicare is saying like Bill Gates yes there you go yes you're 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 free to go on Medicare because you're you're a certain age like that is social security to me is the same problem it's like we have that is a a long term like locking someone in into government dependence right you're saying hey every single person gets this because the government you should think of them as a savings program you should think of them to be able to take care of you at some point in your life you just have to get there if you can get through this mean system you can get to the nice one on the way and because of this, because conservatives have not looked at, the, uh, uh, looked at these programs this way, they poll incredibly well. So that's why they're called Medicare for All, because people, I mean, the Medicare polling is 60 and 70 percent approval. Medicare has also done a really good job of raising the price of health care. Yeah. Like, I think it's actually quite similar to the, the current situation we've got with uh, student loans mm-hmm. and, and college tuition. We've given out a ton of money in student loans. College tuition goes up like the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, which is not a right wing think tank said that for every dollar you spend in, in uh, tuition, uh, or excuse me, in, in student loans federally, tuition goes up by about 60 cents, right? With Medicare, um, the way we set it up was it's based on cost rather than on profit. So if you were a, in the thought process at the time was we'll be doing this at such an expansive amount that we don't need to worry about profit, we'll just do it on cost, which is a very complicated way of basically saying if you can figure out a way to make a, a surgery or, or event more costly to yeah. do, you get paid more as a hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you can use more expensive scalpels, if you can use more people in it, you're going to get more money from it, as opposed to a usual free market model where you want to make that as streamlined as you can and you keep the leftover from it. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. Before we uh, move on, I want to thank our sponsor, Freedom Works. Okay, so have you ever lost a loved one to heart disease, cancer? I'm sure many of you guys have out there. It's just so deadly. Or maybe you know someone suffering from Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease. These, of course, are really terrible illnesses that are plaguing our country and killing our families and uh, friends. 
But instead of helping medical researchers find cures, HHS Secretary Alex Azar is pushing a socialist regulation that is going to set medical innovation back decades. This is obviously unacceptable. You can go to www.freedomworks.org news and tell Secretary Azar to fix patients, not prices. If we allow him, uh, if we allow foreign governments to dictate the price of drugs for American patients, we will see U.S.-based medical research which leads the world come to a screeching halt. And just like in socialist countries, we will see shortages of and access uh, restrictions to vital medicines. Promising new research, that'll be cast aside as investments in biopharmaceutical innovation dry up, just like in Europe. Thankfully, FreedomWorks is leading the charge to stop this big government plot once and for all. They cannot do it by themselves. They need your help. You can go to www.freedomworks.org news. Tell Secretary Azar and members of Congress to fix patients, not prices. All right, Stu, what we can learn from Chernobyl. Let's talk about a socialist country and how all that works out. A uh, new series on HBO called Chernobyl. Um, I'm fascinated, uh, obsessed, would you say, Glenn? Yeah. Uh, with Chernobyl, <laughs> I think it's really a, really a, an amazing part of our history. Uh, and, and to watch it and how it went down, it really shows... She tells us a lot about the path that we're on. Uh, in the uh, show, this is a spoiler alert, terrible meltdown. It did not go well at all. In fact, it's not Thanks, just, Stu. It's not running smoothly still to this day, <laughs> although people are still working there. Uh, there's actually a lot of people still working there. Um, but uh, so Chernobyl uh, melts down, obviously. And this is, uh, I wanted to give you a, a little moment here of this series because I think it just illustrates the real warnings of, of why this stuff goes wrong every time. We, you know, we just said this about, about uh, the, the healthcare situation where you, know, you have this promise of, oh, we're not going to do X, Y, and Z. You get to keep your doctors and everything else. There's always a lo- this loyalty to the larger idea always comes back to the same place. You have to keep doubling down on your bets, if, even if they don't work. And that's one of the big reasons why socialism always goes wrong. So they have uh, this nice, uh, fancy uh, uh, nuclear plant. Uh, it has its problems, a little meltdown situation, a little explosion. Uh, and the core actually explodes, core that, which is amazing. They didn't even think it was possible. So they're, the, the point where we get, uh, join the story is the, the, the town is trying to figure out what do we do. Like, you know, and there's a dis- disagreement going on at the table. One side is saying, look, things are okay. It's just a fire. You know, it's, every, it's almost out. We're fine. The other side is saying we need to evacuate people. Like, they're, they're going to have horrible circumstances. We need to do something right away and get... And get uh, get these people out of here. So as this is all happening, everyone's arguing, uh, an older socialist in the back of the room kind of taps his cane on the floor and silences everybody and steps up and reminds them that the plant that they're talking about is not called Chernobyl. The plant that they're talking about is Vladimir I. Lenin power plant. That was the official name uh, of the nuclear power plant. Um, and he goes into talking about how it's, it, it is important. Of course, it's great you know, it's, I'm, I'm proud of you guys for thinking about the people here. <laughs> and that's a great idea. But <laughs> watch the clip. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we fall prey to fear. But our faith in Soviet socialism will always be rewarded. Now, the state tells us the situation here is not dangerous. Have faith, comrades. The state tells us it wants to prevent a panic. Listen well. It's true. When the people see the police, they will be afraid. But it is my experience 
that when the people ask questions that are not in their own best interest, they should simply be told to keep their minds on their labor and leave matters of the state to the state. Mm. We seal off the city. No one leaves. And cut the phone lines. Contain the spread of misinformation. That is how we keep the people from undermining the fruits of their own labor. Yes, comrades. We will all be rewarded for what we do here tonight. This is our moment to shine. Glow, uh, but uh, not really shine. Thank God we don't have that many British accents in America. It's very convincing. If, <laughs> if Bernie Sanders and George W. Bush had British accents, we'd all be dead right now. So I'm really glad we don't. I didn't realize there were so many English people in uh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting, though, to see, you know, Again, it's it's people. If they ask questions that are that don't benefit them, that they if, if it's uh, if they get in the way of the, of finding the fruits of their own labor, it's a mindset. And you know, we talk about this all the time when it comes to taxes. Uh, is it there are two opposing views there? Is it your money and they're taking some of it for the things that they you know th- that we've all agreed to do mm-hmm. uh, in a small sense, or is it their money and they're letting you have some of it? And th- that is the mindset that is different. And you see here, it's the same thing with rights. It's the same thing with their labor. It's the same thing with their lives. It's the state's lives, and they get to decide whether you're going to live or not based on what's better for the common good. You go down that road, and you get closer and closer to that. Just like a, a nuclear power plant in full meltdown, don't walk down the road. If you don't want to be in the power plant, don't walk down the road towards the power plant. It's really quite remarkable because in this episode, you see uh, how the state knows best. People have seen the core with their own eyes, and they say there is no core. It exploded. Not possible. I, I saw it, and they're all burned and bleeding, and everybody is dying around them. And uh, they're saying, no, that's not possible. This is dirty water. Well, I just took readings, and you said that it was three rads, and it's 250 rads, and that's as high as it goes. And we used another one, and that one burned out the minute. Well, those are all fake. Well, what do you mean it's all fake? One guy said, I'm going to, the guy who was in charge of it, I'm going to go. I'm going to go on the roof and I'm going to look down into that core. Well, it's not there. Yes, it is. Oh, I'm going to go. And then he vomits and almost dies because he's got so much radiation in him. And the two guys from the state look at him and say, well, we have to know. You go. And the one guy who's been arguing against it the whole time, he's like, what? No, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not doing that. You can't make me. Yes, you're going. And then you'll come back to report to us. And they get a guard, and he goes by rifle point to the roof to look down into it. He doesn't make it back. He's all, he's, he's all irradiated. I mean, it's, they don't care. Yeah. It's the common good, the state above all else. Uh, and we should remember, too, that the people there at the power plant, the workers in, in the community, they were seriously heroes in, the, in those moments. They did things that they absolutely should not have done to try to save people's lives. There were a lot of heroes in that story. And that's one of the things they're featuring on the show. Well worth your, well, well, well worth your time, if you like that. Story. And a way for you to teach your kids about communism and socialism, because uh, th- they don't remember it. Yeah. Do you even remember no. Chernobyl? Nope, sure I mean, don't. sharing? 
<laughs> uh, this segment brought to you by HBO. Back in a minute. I, I would imagine Chuck Schumer just outlawing Andrew, something's off with Andrew Heaton. What you got going on today on the podcast? Uh, I have on Thaddeus Russell on the podcast today to discuss his book, Renegade American History, and it blew my mind and also made me feel very uncomfortable. Why? And, uh, Why? It made, it made me feel uncomfortable because I think a lot of, like, if you're, if you're progressive looking at history, American history, it's, it's bad and it's getting gradually better. For a lot of social conservatives, it started out really good and then got gradually worse. He looks at it like libertines versus school arms. Like disciplinarians versus drunks and harlots. And I have enough latent Norman Rockwell in me that I felt very uncomfortable the more he did it. It was a fun chat, though. Mm. So it made you feel uncomfortable. It can make everyone out there feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable, too. But you'll learn stuff and you'll think. It's good. Something's off with Andrew Heaton. Overtime starts next. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. He's good, though. Uh, Andrew, you said Facebook... The co-founder of Facebook wants to have he wants government to, to get break involved. it up. Yeah, Chris Chris Hughes, he's the co-founder of Facebook, uh, wrote an op-ed in the New York Times calling to break up Facebook. Now, the the rationale for it is that um, Facebook is huge, that it is, uh, by his estimation, a monopoly, and that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is a kind of Lex Luthor. Uh, because yeah. Zuckerberg has like 60% of the stock, which is a huge amount of influence to have in this particular company. Uh, and, uh, and then it proceeds to sling various, um, in my opinion, kind of contradictory things at it. Of, ah, it allows hate speech to go through, but also it censors speech. Like things like that. <laughs> um, so kind of a, you're, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, I, think, I think what's happening right now, and I'm, I'm disturbed by it, is people are wanting to break up things because they don't like them. And that's different. I, I don't really have a problem fundamentally with antitrust legislation. I understand the purpose to it. I would use it very, very sparingly. But I, kind, I get it if we're talking about some commodity that we all need and one organization controls it and they can, they can jack up the prices. Um, that said, though, uh, just targeting something because we don't like it. Um, I think is very problematic. Uh, I don't like Facebook. I think about that five, six times a day when I check Facebook. And um, I have the ability to use other platforms if I want. There are other platforms out there. I could also get on email lists. I could get on Twitter. I could get on all sorts of other ways to ruin my day other than Facebook. The other thing that I find kind of disturbing about this is, I, I don't know what Zuckerberg's immediate response to this has been, but Facebook's response and Google's response and Microsoft's response to all of these things is generally like, hey, we would love to be regulated. We'd absolutely love to be regulated. We, we agree there are a lot of problems here. There are a lot of problems here. We would be happy to send our experts to you, Congress, to help write some regulation <laughs> to manage the market. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm really surprised. Which, which is, that's like, I'm not to pick on Marriott, but that would be like Marriott writing like Airbnb legislation. Right. Or something like that, where they're like, you know, really, in order to have a, a hotel, you must have at least 40 exits. Like, bam, <laughs> all Airbnbs gone, all B&Bs gone. That's generally what happens when you get big business involved in regulation. So I'm extremely suspicious of those things. I think what they would do is, I think that they would entrench themselves in so much that you couldn't get them out. And yeah. by my lights, the better way to handle this situation is with more competition. So if, if you're going to have um, some sort of antitrust legislation and it actually works to benefit competition, then I'd be amenable to it. I think the far more likely scenario 
is that they're going to figure out a way to write legislation to snuff out any incoming competitors that might actually um, threaten them, which is what happens. I mean, you, you guys remember AOL and mm -hmm. uh, Yahoo and all these, and like they're kind of like scraggling on, but they're not the titans they once were. MySpace, is anybody using MySpace right now? No. Mm -hmm. Like these, these things have kind of an arc to them, and I, I, it, it, I, I don't want to try to take what we don't like about them and hand it to control freaks to try and command uh, and control it from a, a, a distant authority. I think that's the absolute worst thing we can do. I mean, and nobody understands that the, this, these things have an arc better than Mark Zuckerberg. It's why he bought WhatsApp. It's why he yeah. bought Instagram. It's why he's bought a bunch of other stuff. I didn't realize he had WhatsApp, too. Yeah, both of them, yeah. Jeez. And that's one of the, that's the case against him, I guess, in this, in this particular article. I, I will say, I, you know, I'm totally with you on this. I mean, I think, you know, one thing I think that's getting confusing here to people, and I would say I, I would be critical of many on the right for this as well, is even if you talk about antitrust, it doesn't make sense here to me because yeah. what they're saying is they want to guarantee themselves an audience. Like that's different than audience. Than let's just say like Facebook's the only social network out there. Then maybe you could say, okay, well, there's no other social networks. Well, there's a million other social networks. People aren't using them as much, mm -hmm. but they, they don't. You don't have the right to have everyone using the social network that you, you you use. Like if you want to go to like Vimeo is a good example of this. Like you have you have YouTube and you have Vimeo, and they've been competitors for a long time, kind of like an Uber and Lyft sort of situation that if Uber was winning by a lot more. Um, but Vimeo is a good site. Like, it's, it's, it does a really good job. And, like, you can go and, and put your stuff on Vimeo, and, and they, may, they probably aren't going to ever edit you. Um, they may be just as much left-wing, but they, they may, you know, they're not as much under the microscope. But, I mean, you know what? You're not going to get as many views. And it's like, are, are, does our government now act in antitrust ways to guarantee you views, to guarantee you likes? And like, that's that's what the thing is uh, with this whole particular situation that strikes me is that we're so we live in this sheltered bubble mm. that this is the conversation that we're having with when it comes to antitrust and social networks is just like what you said. Yeah. Like we're, we're just supposed to say that if they don't give me more views uh, on a particular social network that I'm somehow like my rights are being threatened. Right. I mean, it's exactly. a really bizarro yeah. world. We, we, we used to have the distinction between a natural monopoly and an artificial monopoly. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm fine. I'm fine with antitrust legislation coming in for an artificial monopoly. That, that's where uh, a monopoly is basically using force of law, usually with the government, in order to, to make itself um, mm -hmm. stay there. A, a natural monopoly is where Stuco is so clearly better than Andrew Unlimited it that is, people totally. just don't use Andrew Unlimited. That's fine. Totally There's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That is and, your goal as a business person, yeah. right? Like everybody, like McDonald's is trying to make every, wants everyone to eat there every day. Yeah. Now they're not going to be successful at that, but that's that of course should be their goal. They should be trying to do that. I think there's a step back here too of like, okay, if we're all saying that like so, you know these social networks are doing all these things and, and there's going to there needs to be competition and blah 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 blah. We have to also step back and think, like, do we really need this at all? Yeah. Like, I can tell you, for, right. for me, it's not in my life at all. Now, you might say, well, it is in my life, and then therefore I deserve... Not really. I mean, like, you need to be able to... Is it a... Stepping back from the idea of whether we should censor them or break them up at all, should they even be part of your life? Should they be this big of a part of your life that you think the government should step in to break them up? Um, you know, I, I just find that to be... It's not a convincing argument. You want to talk about, I don't know, uh, you know, even internet, you can make an 
an argument, though I would not go down that road at all. Um, you can make the argument about electricity. You can make an argument about all of these things. But if Facebook is a Facebook is a right now, freaking one of the social networks is, is a right. Like you can go to Twitter and post your stuff there. You can go. You can create your own social network in minutes. Probably there's probably templates out there for you to start your own social network in probably five minutes. Uh, you know, is anyone going to listen to you? No. But that is not the role of the government is to make people listen to you. You want to have a, you know, be able to post stuff. That's very easy to do. There's access to the internet. There's access to blogs. You can do it a million different ways. And I gotta say, like, if it's a human right, man, did our our ancestors get screwed because none of them got to use it at all. And now all of a sudden, it's so important the government has to step in to protect it. It's very strange. Well, not to mention, I mean, you've got people. You know, you've got uh, Christians and Muslims in China being sent to camps yeah. and we're we here in the united states are complaining because facebook isn't doing what we want them to do and yeah. we think that our country is not great because of all of these entitled spoiled uh things that we deem as necessities yeah it's unbelievable and, you know it's like if if face if you think if it's bothering you so much that facebook is is doing something to you i think there's a self-examination that should occur of why you feel it's that important but also like, i mean there is an element of like companies that have paid Facebook to advertise to get followers. Uh, they've had financial transactions to, to advertise, and then all of a sudden Facebook's saying, okay, well, now you can't advertise to these people anymore. Like, that is, seems like a completely disingenuous action on the part of Facebook. But again, it, it's, not a government, it's not a government situation. I, I really think like, conservatives are really walking down that road of wanting that uh, intrusion into, uh, into these companies because they just feel really important. But that's like not... That's not what this is supposed to be. And conservatives are supposed to be the ones remembering it. I expect the left to argue this stuff. I expect Elizabeth Warren to be out there making these arguments. And she is. I'm just, on, on Facebook, no on less. Facebook, She's yeah. calling to break up Facebook using Facebook's advertising. And then when Facebook didn't print her advertising, which I wouldn't, over, uh, no. over at Druco, I wouldn't put up an advertisement on Druco to break up Druco. Right. And then she's like, this proves my point. I was like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't at all. You're just terrible at this. <laughs> that's what I said to her. Yeah. But that's, that that's Stuco, and that's not Andrew Unlimited. That's, and that's true. totally two different, different visions. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you mentioned Uber and Lyft as an example in this particular uh, situation yeah. earlier. I think this is a fascinating story. So it's big. I think it was the New York Times today uh, had a story about uh, Uber and Lyft and how, you know, look, Uber and Lyft and many other tech companies have made people really, really wealthy. Uh, you know, they people who started out, there's one guy they talk about who started uh, as, you know, he was a like an advertising guy. He was like one of the top first 50 people into Lyft, like not even high level like management situations, but they, they were very early on and got stock options. And of course, you know, I think one of the stats they said in there is the early Uber people have had their investments increased by 140,000 percent. Just the 140,000. Uh, but though. just 140,000. Couldn't even get it to 150,000. Jeez, um, amateurs. So what is going, what are these people doing? What are these te- these brilliant tech people who say, you know, who are almost, you know, the majority, very far left, typically, mm-hmm. um, also uh, have this sort of social justice sort of mindset in, in many cases. Uh, what are they doing when uh, they realize, hey, I've got an investment that's got up 140,000%. This is fantastic. What do I do? What they're doing is they're moving to Texas. And they're moving to Florida, where there's no state income I was about tax. To say, I noticed a pattern. There. Uh, yeah, there is a pattern there, isn't it? Probably Tennessee is included in this as well. Um, they're all moving away before they cash out, and then they're staying in Texas um, uh-huh. because they don't want to deal with. They don't like the culture. First of all, many of them, uh, 
say that, you know, the, the work culture is not pleasing. I, I moved to Texas and I didn't have a billion dollars in stock. <laughs> no. I just, just wanted to move down where there's hats and friendliness. It's not a requirement uh, to, to have a billion dollars in stock, but it's nice. It's a nice way to do it. It'd be nice, yeah. Uh, so they're loading up Austin now, basically, with, with uh, which kind of gives you Texas plus California in yes. one place, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is, you know, hey, it's, it's a cool vibe. It's like Texas light. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get, I, I like to think of it as Brooklyn with belt buckles, is how I look at it. <laughs> there you go. But it's, it's a fascinating thing when, when it comes down to them and they have this decision, they're not staying and paying the taxes to help the little man like the people they would you know they're doing exactly what donald trump would do in the situation mm-hmm. right like donald trump would move to the place where he didn't have to pay all the taxes although he pays at least in new york uh, but that's what they're doing they're doing the same thing that any sane capitalist would do the and same to, to thing clear, you're, you're talking about cashing out stock options like, like the, 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 yes. the yearly income that they paid they paid to new york or wherever yeah, when they live when they yeah. work there they paid that but there a lot of these guys started with no salary at all almost and all stock options so these people are incredibly wealthy now and they're instead of cashing out and paying there because there's a specific tax in california that targets stock options so that people don't just pay themselves in stock options so uh, that doesn't exist in Texas. They're all moving to Texas. Now, these are the same people that will criticize Republicans and libertarians about saying, oh, you don't care about the little man. You should pay, you know, pay your fair share. Bernie Sanders, same thing. He's now a millionaire. But is he taking all the tax breaks from Donald Trump's tax plan? Yes, yes. he is, as he admits. Mm-hmm. And he acts as if it's insane for you to ask him <laughs> to pay more. Of course, obviously, I'm going to pay as little as possible. Who are you? Aren't you the person telling us that we're evil for saying that that's a good thing? At least I'm doing it with, with an eye towards making uh, the country better. Like, I believe this is better for the country and the right way to do this for all of humanity. I believe lower taxes and people being able to keep their own... Thing and less I'll, I'll add to that. I also suspect you. I don't know this because I haven't seen your tax returns. I, I would imagine you personally probably donate a fair amount to charity. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, whatever a fair amount is, right? I mean, I. But I, yeah, I think I do. I try to. I mean, you try to help. I'm just saying that I, I, th- I think you're profile. probably helping people without compulsion. Is what yeah. I'm getting exactly. at. Exactly. I think yes. there's a lot of people yes. like that that That's are very happy to help people, they, but they would like to be in control of it and are probably going to manage it better than the government anyway. And like you could at least argue, right? If, if Bernie Sanders came out and said, "Well, yeah, I made a million dollars and I, I took my tax." breaks, but I don't trust this Donald Trump government. That's why I only gave him, you know, about 0.3 percent. But, you know, when you're giving one or 0.3 percent to charity, it's hard to make that argument. Um, And I just find it to be, you know, really disingenuous. You know, it's like if you believed that and I I think that even charitable giving for for the left is the same way. Like a a person who is, let's say you're Bernie Sanders and he gave 10 percent to charity. Why would you give 10 percent to charity when you could give 10 percent to the government? Mm -hmm. Because you believe that they do these things better. If that's an honest belief. Bernie Sanders appears to be doing this out of just pure selfishness. He can get away. He thinks the law is wrong. He can get more benefit out of it and he's taking it and then not even giving it away. Where I mean, at least a conservative or a libertarian is saying, look, I think for general benefit of society, it's the right thing to do to have people pay less taxes. And I'm certainly going to take all those benefits. And it does benefit me. I'm not saying, you know. And I'll add as as somebody that is, you know, happy to put some of my income towards good things. Um, In the past, I've given money to charities that I thought screwed up pretty bad and I quit giving money to them. I can't do that with the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Labor or whatever it is. If they're screwing up, I can't lay up. I've still got to pay them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would also like to point out for anyone moving 
moving from blue states to red, please remember uh, why you moved here in the first place when it comes to elections and you go to the voting booth, uh, you know, any sort yeah, any sorts of votes. It's not a coincidence that Texas is now considered purplish. Uh, and we've had this influx of people from California coming in. So Thanks for saying California, since I just moved here from New York. I appreciate that. Sarah's <laughs> being nice to me. New York values right over here. I mean, really, though, it's not its not a coincidence. You know, you, we had State Farm and a couple other huge, oh, yeah. you know, places move their headquarters here. A bunch of people from California came here. And now, all of a sudden, Texas isn't super red anymore. This is what happens. I lived in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And the same thing happened there, where uh, it's a suburb of Philly. And, you know, people were in Philly, and they were like, wow, this is terrible. We should get out of here as soon as possible. Let's move to that county up there. It's really nice there. And they all moved up there and then started voting for the same people they elected in, in Philadelphia. And it's like, you don't, do you see any patterns here? Like, do you see when you look at the top, uh, I think it's the top t- uh, 20 worst poverty uh, cities in America. Yes. If you go back over, I think it's 80 years. It's something like uh, 8% run by Republicans yeah. over that time. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a, like, even if you think Republicans suck, which many times they do, is there a time where you just say, you know, we've tried this one way. Why don't we try anything else? <laughs> like we've been stuck in poverty this entire time. We spent $22 trillion as a nation on the war on poverty with no discernible improvement at all when it comes to poverty rates. 2%. Is it really two two percent? Uh, it, it, Fourteen to twelve, or t- yeah, it's still very low. It's very low. To, to do like to do like you know eight Iraqi wars over the course of fifty years yeah. to have two percent improvement is still. Uh, you, you could make a good argument that if you'd left the money in the economy, it would have done better. That would be my argument. Yeah. Yes, Andrew, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's I you know it's it's not enough. You know, I mean, this obviously has not worked. It's certainly not what they. I mean, they they wanted to eradicate it. I mean, Johnson argued back in the day that he wanted poverty to be eradicated yeah. in a sh- in a short time, and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we've not seen that. Uh, All right. Yesterday's poll. Should Trump exert executive privilege over the Mueller report? 80 percent of you said yes. 20 percent of you said no. You weren't here yesterday. I think I was here yesterday. Were you? Yeah. What what do you think about this? Uh, No. Okay. I I haven't given it a tremendous amount of thought. I'll just I'll side with the minority on this one. Keep up the good work, 20%. The, con- the contrary, <laughs> contrarian Andrew is like, uh, whatever the, the minority. Oh, you know, well, I, I, you know, I, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. I, I, I think if Trump could obstruct it, he would. And so I would prefer that he not do anything to obstruct things. And, and, and by the way, the original report, they did a good job with that. They didn't claim executive privilege once. They yeah. left the entire 90% yep. of it unredacted. And then the left still complained about it. Um, so it, whatever they get, they're going to say is not enough anyway. And I think that's what Trump is where he is now. And I understand the instinct. You're just like, all right, they're just going to keep coming after the same thing over and over again and we're just going to get bogged down for the next two years just say no screw him i think that's where he is now and i also feel like i mean if we're being objective we didn't like it when obama asserted executive privilege no so i don't think it's the right it's probably not the right way to do it especially because you've already given everybody 90 percent of this right like but you know find find the make the arguments they have a legal process to go through with executive orders and they have to explain what uh excuse me executive privilege and they have to explain which each part of it is why they're doing it yeah so let them do it uh, today's poll, this is a throwaway question, you oh. guys. Social media, should Trump keep invoking executive privilege to shield hey. Bill Barr? That's you guys have an a option repeat question. Come over to the 20% with me. Let's yeah. bump it up to 25%. Let's see how much different it is the second time we ask. Like a second Brexit vote? <laughs> well, we didn't like the results from the first time. Let's redo that one. Let's keep asking it until we get exactly 50-50. Okay. That's just going to be the poll question yeah. from here on yeah. out. Let's go for it. Let us know what you think. Again, at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.